Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. It's great to be with you. As Pastor Jonathan said, my name is Grant Eckhart, and I serve as pastor of Jacob's Porch, which is your Lutheran campus ministry at The Ohio State University. And uh, it's, I've been there now seven years, almost the same amount of time there that I was here as your pastor all those years ago. Um, so it's my joy to be here with you and to, to bring greetings from Jacob's Porch and uh, to spend this morning with you. So when I was leaving here, um, my son, my oldest son had just been born. You might remember Grayson. He was baptized, I think it was 2012, and just a few months later, uh, we moved. And this morning, we're going to be talking a little bit about parenting. I brought a couple pictures. Some people asked me to, so there I am up in the upper left uh, with my wife Tammy and Grayson, little fat baby. And then there's Pastor Jonathan and I baptizing him in that, that font when it was back out there. And they've grown up. So on the left, uh, bottom left, is me and my wife Tammy a couple weeks ago on vacation. And there's our youngest sticking his tongue out, of course. Uh, that's Tobias. And then that little baby uh, grew up to be that kid in the blue over there. He's now seven years old and starts first grade. That's Grayson. And... You know, I was a brand new fresh parent uh, when I was leaving here. I've got seven years under my belt, not as many as uh, many of you, uh, but one thing I've learned is that uh, the love that I have for my kids is overwhelming. I would do anything for them, as I'm sure any of you who are parents would do. It's this strong sense of love and commitment and compassion that is deep and enriching. And as I've been a parent now for seven years, oftentimes the language of parenting in Scripture has been brought to life. And my image of God as parent has grown in deep and profound ways. And so when I was looking at the text for today, uh, the text from the prophet Hosea that was read by Larry earlier really stood out to me. Hosea, <clears throat> what we call a minor prophet, and like most of the prophets, he was writing during a time of turmoil. He was writing during a time when the people of Israel were about ready to go into exile, this time by the Assyrians in the 8th century B.C. See, what was happening was that the Assyrians, the greatest and most powerful empire um, in the world at that time, or at least that part of the world, was slowly encroaching upon the northern and southern kingdoms of Israel. And they were so big and powerful that the people of Israel, that God's people began to look and say, wow, look at all the wealth they have. Look at all the power and influence they have. And over time the people of God began to run away. They began to worship 
the gods of the Assyrians. Worship at the altars of the Assyrians. They became so enraptured and captivated that they turned their back on God. They began to forget who they were. They were forgetting who they were. They were in an identity crisis that led to catastrophe. But in chapter 11 of Hosea, to me it's one of the most beautiful oracles of the Old Testament prophets. Because after listing off for 11 chapters all the ways in which the people had turned from God and were running away from God, God says these words, one of the verses, I was to them like one who lifts infants to their cheek. In God's anger and fearing, betrayed and that pain, God was like, but do you remember? I was your parent. When you were an infant, I was like the one who would hold you to my cheek. In the midst of that pain, God's love is overwhelming for the people. In the midst of their betrayal and wandering far off, God says, I will draw you with cords of love and strings of mercy near to me. And the people, I believe themselves, were thinking, we are so far away now. We have wandered so far off. How can we possibly return home? How can God possibly take us back? We've just done too many things. Too many things not pleasing to God. And I love the last verse that was read where it says that God will roar like a lion that they may hear His voice. The mountains will quake. The land will tremble. They will hear the voice of the Lord saying, return, and God will bring them home. In college ministry, it's a time of, uh, somebody used to tell me that college is a four-year identity crisis. And that is what I've seen to be true over these many years I've been serving with college students. I mean, you go there to study, to get that degree, you work hard, that's the main reason you're there, but accompanying that is all this other stuff. Your life is changing You are changing. You're encountering things for the first time. And I see these students, they begin sometimes to lose their footing. Whether they be a commuter to a commuter college or going someplace like Columbus or farther away, they're just at that time in their life where everything is turned upside down. And for some, You know, it leads them far and wide uh, from the church. And there's a common theme that I often hear from students who come to Jacob's porch for the first time. Sometimes I'll see them before worship, and they're standing outside the building like 15 feet away, just kind of wondering, do I go in? Do I not go in? What should I do? This is a church. This is kind of scary. I'll come out. I'll say, would you like to come in? And then... I hear this all the time. They say, if I went in there, God would strike me down with lightning. You know, it's an old cliche line, but it comes up all the time. 
I began to think, you know, don't worry, the cross on the top isn't a lightning rod. You know, like you don't have to, you're going to be okay. Come on in. But what is going on there is this sense that they can't come in the church because they are not good enough. They have done too many things in their life. They are too dirty, too bad, and the church is for the good people who have it all figured out. And they know they're not one of them. Something has drawn them there. I think the Holy Spirit has drawn them there with that last little bit of resistance to come over the threshold into community is really difficult. I remember one student, uh, this is about a year ago, <coughs> excuse me, same thing, met him out front, didn't want to come in, was kind of back and forth. I said, come on. And he was a couple years older than the typical student, mid-20s. And this is because uh, he'd gone to boarding school um, out east. Uh, his parents uh, had a lot of money. They were donors to Ohio State. But he kind of reacted in such a way to his family dynamic where he began this life of pretty significant thievery. He would steal money from them. He then moved down to Miami, Florida, and he kind of started a crime ring down there um, and began stealing significant amount of money and other things. I kind of learned all this as we went along. But now looking back, I know that was going through his head. I've done all these things. Can I still come in? You see, his, the girl he was dating said, you better go to church if you want to date me. And he said, okay. You know, so he Googled online and saw Jacob's Porch Worship Sunday night, free meal. Okay, that one looks like the one for me. Don't have to get up Sunday morning. So he showed up, and um, you know, we began talking. I began to get to know him. And I, in the back of my mind, thought, well, as soon as he breaks up with this girl, he's going to go, you know, going to leave. She's in a different state. But they broke up, and he stayed. And as he was there, and we began talking, there was a whole conversation of how can you act in repentance for all this money that you've taken. But on the other hand, it was dealing with those deep issues that so many students do of will God love me? Can anybody love me? And I remember then last Easter, we always do baptisms. I kind of do an altar call for baptisms. Who wants to be baptized? There's usually a lot of students there, and we'll have some come up. And I'm, sometimes I knew who's going to come up. We've done a lot of preparatory work. Some just surprisingly come up. And this is a pretty common story of things that happen at Jacob's porch. But I'll always remember that guy walking up, kneeling down, and... The, the, we have the bowl of water on the ground, and I'm kneeling there with a towel, and he kneels down. And he says, so you're telling me that God really will accept me. God really wants me part of God's family, because his family was, they were kind of estranged. I said, yeah. He's like, you know, I said, I've told you everything I've done. I can still be part of this church. I said, man, this isn't, a museum of saints. This is a hospital for sinners. This is what we as Lutherans believe, that we are all sinners and we need the grace and love of God. And right there, he received the waters of baptism. And I'll tell you, those moments when that happens, it's why I do what I do. Building on the good work of so many congregations in this congregation, from young children all the way through high school, that when they get to college, I don't want that ball to be dropped when they get there because they still need to hear that 
word of the love of God over and over again, just like each of us does. I wanted to show you just a couple pictures of the students. This is just a, if you can see them, that was our Christmas party last year or so, up in the upper left. If you can make it out, that's our worship space. It's kind of chaotic with lights and students everywhere on the upper right. We usually take food out on the street to serve uh, the homeless or hungry students. Uh, and then our band on the bottom right there. But it's a, it's a place full of students asking these questions. And we simply do the same thing there that we did here. As we proclaim the love of God in Christ to them. I'll tell one more quick story. This was even this, this last week. Uh, this, this student, uh, she's not a Christian, uh, but she comes to everything all the time, and all of her best friends are there, and she's very interactive with what we do. And she came from a, a home situation, too, where she was estranged from her father. A lot of times that affects the faith of children, or of students, I'm noticing, that relationship with their parents as well. But it did for this, this young lady. And she had finally decided, for a variety of reasons, I'm going to go visit my father. I need to reconnect. And she sat, we had coffee, we had a whole plan. She was excited but nervous, but we've been talking about reconciliation in our ministry, so she says, I think I need to do this. So she called him, set a time up in Toledo, near Bowling Green, actually at the Dairy Queen there. I know Chuck knows that place. And, um, and so she uh, set this time to meet him, to reconcile with him. She drives up, this is last weekend, when she gets there, she texts me, he didn't show up. I thought, ah. Oh. So she comes back, I see her the next day, on worship last Sunday, and she says, I can't believe it that he wasn't there for me. And I had this passage from Hosea in my mind. And I said, do you know that there is one who will always be there for you in a way that he can't be? This is the one that no matter how far away you've gone, no matter how distant you feel, even in your unbelief, this God will roar like a lion to conquer death and sin and anything that comes between you and God. This one will roar so that you might hear His voice and be brought close. And she began to weep. And she's taking that next step of faith. It's proclaiming the good news and love of God over and over again. And like I said, it's not just for college students, it's for each of us. Because death enters in, things die, pain happens, and yet Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. And the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead dwells in each of you, church. So may you hear His voice. May you hear the roar of the lion and be brought near to the heavenly parent who loves you so much. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.